Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Season 4 of 13, the bi-weekly podcast from Colgate University that asks 13 questions. I'm your host, Daniel DeVries, and I'm so thankful that everyone can join us for the start of our new season. We have a lot of fantastic episodes planned, and if you are traveling to campus today, August 21st, for Arrival Day, we have an episode that is just for you, as we will be talking with Colgate Senior Director for Communications and Parent Initiatives, Rebecca A. Downing. If you are a Colgate parent and ever find yourself on the university's parent Facebook group, Downing is probably a familiar name as she often chimes in to help answer questions that range from laundry tips to important health and safety advice. Downing has worked in Colgate's communications office since 1996, and for many of those years as the editor of the university magazine. That meant telling the stories of students, faculty, and fantastic alumni, and how Colgate makes their journeys possible through academic, extracurricular, and developmental opportunities. And since her first days at Colgate, Downing has worked on everything from academic, admission, advancement, and internal communications, as well as event promotion and media relations. As managing editor of the magazine, she spearheaded the conversion of that bi-monthly tabloid uh, as the Colgate scene into a full-color magazine and website, and she served as interim vice president for communications for 18 months. Prior to Colgate, Downing worked in customer service for a publisher of college information technology textbooks and in communications at the Wentworth Institute of Technology and Syracuse University's College of Visual and Performing Arts. A graduate of Hamilton College, Downing lives in nearby Casanova, where she serves on the steering committee of the town's anti-racism coalition and volunteers at a local animal rescue farm. Her more than 30 years of experience have given her deep insights that help her to be a resource for parents and family members today. Rebecca, welcome to 13. Thanks for having me, Dan. All right. It's great to be So here. tell us a little bit about parent and family initiatives at Colgate. When did it start? Why did it start? And how do you help to keep parents in the loop as the semester gets underway? Sure. Thanks. Great question. So I'm going to step back a bit first and to sort of set the stage. So... Folks may have heard of the term in loco parentis, which in English means in place of a parent, which historically at colleges and universities meant that institutions served the role of the parent for the student's time there. And that also meant that schools intended for parents to be hands-off when their children enrolled, and that went on for a very long time. And yet that parental role has shifted, not only in terms of how institutions think about the development of the emerging adults on their campuses and how they work with them, but also we've come to acknowledge that family dynamics in our society have shifted dramatically. Children are really much more engaged with their parents than in previous generations in terms of the decisions they make, big and small, um, how they spend their time, things like choosing classes and majors, etc., so in, in more recent years, colleges and universities have come to recognize that shift and, and have sought to engage with parents and guardians more directly as partners. So at college, we know that students have the opportunity to focus on many aspects of personal and social development, as well as the academic learning that they're here to do and the skill building that they're doing for a career. Mm-hmm. So 
having parents and guardians as informed and engaged partners helps to ensure that students not only can persist through college academically, but also to succeed and thrive and develop as whole persons. So my role here at Colgate, um, taking on the parent initiatives work, started in um, the fall of 2019, which of course we know was right before the pandemic hit. Um, So whereas in August I had a plan for, um, you know, what I was charged with, which was both mass communication to parents to help inform them about what goes on at Colgate, why we do what we do, when it's going to happen, what are the major um, shifts and inflection points that students go through in the course of each college year, and also to be a point of contact for parents who maybe have questions or concerns. So I had a plan in place for all that. (laughs) And then, of course, just a few months later, the pandemic hit. And so we were then in a different place. But um, regardless, since then, I've been in this role of um, sending communications to parents, not just incoming parents, but all parents, Mm. but also to think about what are the specific needs of specific groups of parents over the course of their students' uh, four years here. All right. Is there like an overarching philosophy for student development at Colgate? And how does that influence how you approach parent relations? Absolutely. Thanks for the question. Um, You know, we sent a family preparation guide in the mail to incoming families uh, back in, I think it was June. And one of the things that we said in the guide was that Colgate fosters an environment where students can develop skills and resilience that they need to be independent and successful. And this means um, giving them freedom and autonomy um, as they're navigating their college life. So managing their tasks of daily living, solving their own problems, and experiencing not only the fun and excitement and the learning, but also some struggle, some difficulty, sometimes even failing at things. Um, And we know that's a different approach. It's a different it's a transition, right, Um, from the kind of support that parents and guardians give their children from kindergarten through senior year of high school. Um, And so that is how I approach the communications with the parents. I want them to know what's happening, when, what are important things their students need to know, need to do, so they're aware. Um, But really what it means is that we're informing parents and guardians of the framework for what's happening, um, but we really encourage them to empower their students to do for themselves, no matter what it is, and then to support them along the way when they need it. So it's a little bit of a shift. So that's how I think about it from a philosophical standpoint. What are the most common things you hear from parents? Or I guess what are the the most common questions? Oh, all kinds. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of them are logistical, especially for incoming families. And knowing that for some, this is the first time they may have had a student go to college. They may not have gone to college themselves, right? So um, some of the questions are very specific, um, logistical. How is it going to work with moving into college, um, moving into the dorms, um, things like that, like getting ready to come to school. Um, But also questions once their student gets here Mm -hmm. about things they're experiencing and calling home about. Um, Sometimes it's um, more more of a like, hey, I'm planning for fall break and my student wants to come home. How do we best arrange for transportation? Or um, we want to come to family weekend. When will that come up? You know, when will we know about family weekend? Um, sometimes they're calling 
about concerns. Um, it could be that there's a family emergency. I mean, we, we never hope that something like that happens. But if something were to happen at home, the student needs to be informed and the parents maybe need a little help making sure that a student has support about whatever that emergency is and making sure that when they find out what's happening that they're going to be somebody here on campus that can support them. And I'm able to help connect um, family members with the people that are there to support students. Um, whatever the question, whatever the call, whatever the topic, um, part of my role is to share information out with them what the resources are here at Colgate for their student. But also, if there is a concern about the student individually, mm -hmm. I'm able to um, connect them with the right help for their student. And I can talk about more of, about sure. that in detail if you need me to. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about the pandemic, uh, you know, over the past few years, taking up so much of the world's mental space. And um, I'm guessing student health and well-being is generally at front, you know, front of mind for almost all parents. Um, so... What advice do you give to parents who have students who may not be feeling well physically while on campus? Absolutely. It does happen. College students, they live in close quarters. They stay up late. They may not get the sleep they need. Um, and sometimes illnesses go around. Um, first and foremost, we have student health services here to support the students. Um, and we also suggest to think about it in terms of preparation. So if uh, parents or guardians haven't already had a conversation with their student or if their student hasn't ever been away from home and sick before, that's a hard and a scary time. It's for both, right? It's um, it's upsetting to know that your student is far away from home and away from mom's chicken soup and all that. Um, but we have people here on campus here to help them. So first and foremost, um, checking in, you know, if, if they tell you that, that they're sick, you know, um, have they called student health services? Um, student health services will talk to them about what they're experiencing, give them advice about self-care, et cetera, um, helping them think through in advance what, um, what they can do on their own, too, may be helpful. So if they're coming to school with uh, a little kit of things, the, the familiar things, if they don't have it already, you could send it to them. You know, what medicines do you, do you give them when they're home? So they have them on hand. So what, something that's familiar is there at the ready for them. That can also be a helpful tip. And what if parents also have concerns about mental health? You know, they receive a distressed, you know, text from their student or they're, you know, they're concerned for the, the mental well-being of, of their student. Yeah, that's a very good question. So there's a wide spectrum there, right? Sometimes it could be a student who is in a moment of upset and to use a metaphor, maybe they just need to be talked out of the tree, right? Um, whatever it is, they're encountering a difficulty socially or academically, um, being an ear, listening, et cetera. But if we're really talking about serious, um, you know, mental concerns about their mental and emotional well-being, um, again, we have resources on campus. We have the Counseling and Psychological Services Department. Um, I am not a confidential resource, so when when a parent or a guardian calls me with concern about their student, um, my approach is to make sure that they know that their student can go to Counseling and Psychological Services, make an appointment, um, call the crisis number, et cetera. So if a student is truly in crisis and you're really worried about their physical and mental well-being like from a life safety standpoint, um, the most important thing to do would be to call our campus safety department right away. 
if it's after hours, we always have an administrative dean on call that is there to support students. Do you have advice for parents that, you know, may have students who call feeling frustrated, down on college life, maybe they're they're having a lot of problems in class? And it's not so much uh, a mental crisis issue, but more kind of the the day-to-day grind of of learning to live in a new place, navigating a new environment, you know, learning environment, new professors, new friends, new people from around the world. What advice do you give to parents there? Sure. Um, We have an article on this on our parent blog, but I'll talk a little bit about a technique. I can't take credit for it. I got it from another institution's parent program person, Um, but I think it's pretty brilliant. It's using that adage of stop, drop, and roll. So what we mean by that is certainly it's it's difficult when you know for a parent or family member or guardian if their college student calls or texts them with a problem you know when you don't see them on a daily basis it might be hard to gauge you know the magnitude of what's going on um, especially if they're really in a in a state of agitation at the moment um, and so getting a sense of like are they in real trouble. Um, or are they thinking out loud? Are they just frustrated? Are they just venting because they don't know what to do? Or maybe they're overwhelmed because they have a lot on their plate. Um, it may just be that they are reaching out at that peak moment where they're just like, oh, I, blah, I need to tell you about get this. get it off their shoulders. Right. And it can feel like, oh, I've got to step in. I've got to help. I've got to make a change or tell them what to do. Right. Um, and that's tempting. Um, stop, drop, and roll gives you a we, we hear about the pause, right? So the first thing is stop. Um, if you hear the student complaining, your student complaining or venting, just take that deep breath. Um, are they actually asking you to solve their problem? Um, but thinking also, you know, from the standpoint of if you were to do that, how are they going to build resilience, right? If we give them the chance um, to say what's on their mind, it may just go out into the ether and then they feel better and they can move on with their day. And, of course, then the parent is left with the, oh, no, my my kid is feeling terrible, right? Um, and that's hard to live with. But it is something that, you know, if you empathize, if you say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, that sounds hard, um, that's frustrating, just let them talk it through. So that's the first one, stop. The second is drop. Um, again, rather than taking direct action or giving – Um, in-depth advice, maybe ask some probing questions that can help them think through a solution of their own. So what do you think you might do here? Uh, Do you have any options? What are your options? What what offices at Colgate could help you with whatever this problem is? Is there someone that you've met who you could share this with and ask them for some help? Um, Who have you talked to already? Um, And who else could you talk to about this? I think it's important to normalize for students that challenge is going to happen and that sometimes things are hard. And at the end of the day, if we each think back to something that we did that we're really proud of or something we got through, it probably was hard, right? It was probably challenging. It was probably really frustrating. But you can look back and you can share that experience with them. So that's that's another part. And then roll, stop, drop, roll, is – your student might not come up with the solution that you think is the right one or the path forward, but to roll with it and give them that chance to move forward. So maybe you've talked them through, well, if you're going to do this, this, and this, then they do it. It might not be what you agreed with, but it's their journey. So that's a 
a technique that we like to share. Nice. How often should parents check in on their students? You know, I always tell parents, you know your student best. You know, whether it's at a time when everything seems to be going great and you're not hearing from them at all, or maybe they're calling or texting frequently because they're struggling a little bit. Um, the check-ins feel great, right? Just like care packages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's up to individual families to know what is most appropriate for them. I would also suggest that if a student is reaching out incredibly frequently, that sometimes not responding right away gives them the space to then figure it out on their own. So it could be about thinking about the pace and knowing, again, knowing your student. If they're in real crisis, you may need to respond. But if it's just sort of the everyday and just, you know, just the, hey, how are you doing question can really yield some great insight for you on how your student's experience is. And it could just be a great moment to keep your um, building your, your new emerging adult relationship with your, with your student. Hmm. Do you ever hear from parents that might have a student with a roommate conflict? And if so, what do you tell them? Very good question. Um, adjust, adjusting to dorm life is is a challenge for students. Many have never had to share a room before. Um, we do a very deliberate job of matching up the students. Um, in fact, this year in particular, uh, there was a new approach that has taken even more individual care and attention to how the roommates were chosen. Um, and... Part of learning to navigate the world as an adult is to know how to interact with individuals. So if a student is calling their parent and saying, I, I can't get along with my roommate, um, I think it's important for parents to know Colgate has a system in place for helping coach them through whatever the conflict is. We have what are called community leaders. They are student staff at other schools. They've been called RAs, residential advisors for a long time. We call them community leaders who are trained in helping students to work through conflict with each other. Um, And so they're going to be encouraged to talk to their CL. So this is something that the parents can reinforce. When, when should a parent call you versus calling another department on campus? That's another great question. So it's always helpful to start with me, I believe, um, because I can point you to the right department. It may be that there is um, something specific about the question where I can just answer it right away. And that allows that department to do the business of working with our students. If I don't know the answer... Uh, then I either can find out the answer or I can refer the parent to the appropriate department. And and it really depends. I mean, because the questions come in on so many things, whether it's about housing or the student's facility or dining, but it could also be about paying a bill. Mm -hmm. It could be about um, something related to um, medical paperwork that they need to send in, that sort of thing. I was was thinking about one of the things that happens sometimes is that – a parent will call with a concern about a student, and um, they might tell me information that uh, is medically protected, like by HIPAA. You know, it's about their mental or physical condition, their their health. Um, and if there is a sincere concern, I'm able to share that information 
uh, with that student's administrative dean. The administrative deans are there to support the students in anything related to their college experience. It's an added layer of support than a lot of schools have. Um, but say a student's in crisis and a parent calls, um, I can share out to the dean. What I cannot do is if they call and say, I want to know what's going on with my student. Mm -hmm. um, because of FERPA, which is the Federal Student Privacy Act, as well as if it has to do with mental or um, emotional um, wellness or physical health, I, I cannot share any information directly back with a parent about what's going on. I'm not given that information. I don't have access to it. So I would want to make that clear. I can help connect a parent with the resources to help reach a student if need be, if the student isn't able to speak for themselves at that moment. Um, but I'm not able to provide information back to parents. There may be times when a parent calls with a, a specific question and I'm happy to provide the answer. There may also be times when the question is the kind of information that would be best if the student were to get that information themselves or to ask that question themselves of the resources that they have here on campus. That, again, is a part of helping students learn to do for themselves. Um, we know growing up, I know I was afraid to get on the phone. I remember when I was looking at colleges, my father made me make the phone call asking, you know, to, for a, a time for a, a tour, you know, um, making doctor's appointments, things like that, um, rather than calling and asking, you know, how do I make an appointment for my student at Student Health Services? I will say your student can call Student Health Services and make an appointment. Um, that's just another part of our philosophy of helping the students learn and grow. The other thing I'd like to say is that questions and feedback and concerns are good. They're helpful to us at Colgate. When I get questions from parents on a similar topic, that can help me improve my communication. It can also help me clarify any potential misunderstandings that are already out there. And it can also then allow me to contact a specific campus department and let them know, hey, this thing has been happening and it's happened more than once, and to let them know if there's an adjustment they need to make. So we always do appreciate it when, when family members call and, and share their feedback or ask their questions. All right. I, I imagine you get folks who contact you that want to send things to their students, care packages like you mentioned. Maybe they want to send them a cake for their birthday or something. Are there local options for parents who want to order things from Hamilton area eateries or shops? Do you ever send people to specific places? Any tips? So a couple tips. Um, one is uh, just in general in terms of how to send stuff to students if it's a care package in the mail. Mm -hmm. um, the mail services department has a web page that explains how to address a package so that it gets to them in the right way. Um, the students get an email when, the, when a package comes. If it's an envelope, they go and pick up their mail out of their mailbox. But if it's a package, they're going to get an email from mail services. Okay. And so it's really important that students check their email regularly because you wouldn't want to send them a perishable care package and then have it sitting at the mailroom for a week and a half because they didn't check their email and know they have a package. So that's a tip It's to parents to remind their student to check their email. You don't necessarily have to say what you sent if you want it to be a surprise, but just tell them they might want to check their email. When it comes to local vendors um, and – 
in treats. There are definitely uh, businesses in town that do that. The parent Facebook group that Dan, you mentioned earlier, uh, if, if folks haven't joined that, parents make recommendations of places that they've uh, used that have, you know, sent cookie cakes, ice cream cakes, you name it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a definite great place to find uh, suggestions. All right. And is there a place on the Colgate website that's kind of a clearinghouse for parent information? And if so, also, what other materials should parents expect to receive or what other kind of communication should parents expect to receive? Absolutely. Thanks. So the Parent and Family Resource webpage on colgate.edu, it's just colgate.edu slash parent hyphen resources, um, has a lot of information. It links to an in-depth uh, parent and family resource guide that you can download uh, and print or just look at it on your device or your computer. Um, that has, it covers everything, the whole gamut of how Colgate works. Um, we also send a newsletter four times a year. The first one came out uh, in July. Right. We always send one before uh, the fall break. We send one before the winter break and we send one before the spring break. And we time those newsletters so that they can flag important upcoming deadlines that are happening and provide tips that are helpful on aspects of things the students will be encountering in the coming weeks so that parents can be informed about what their student might be going through, conversations they might want to have with them. Also, we promote events, et cetera, that way. Parents can also expect to get uh, emails directly, for example, when we're ready to launch registration for family weekend. They'll get an email saying, come sign up. Come, come to campus if you can. Um, we are starting to do some videos uh, that we'll post on that resources page and put in the newsletters that are discussions for parents on, um, it's called Family Talk, uh, about various topics uh, related to their students and how they can support them. Um, we also do forward emails. You know, most emails go to the students directly. We do not send all information to parents as well as students. But there are times when something really big is happening that we think parents should be informed about. So whatever goes to the students in those cases, we will forward them with a cover note to the parents. And then, of course, parents are always welcome to contact me back if they have any questions about what they've read in those messages. And then, of course, we mentioned, I think, a couple times already, the Parent Family, um, the Colgate University Parents Facebook group, which um, is something that I'm the administrator on, um, but it is not a an official source of information from Colgate. It's always best to email uh, parents at colgate.edu if there's a specific question. But that that group is is several thousand parents who you know are in there to support each other, share tips and resources and advice. So I encourage folks to join that. Nice. Well, you've made it to the 13th question, and uh, I'm going to do this as a lightning round. So it's going to be a bunch of quick questions in succession. You can you can rattle off answers. If you don't know, say so. We can always say where to find the information. All right? So it'll be fun, I say, as I get ready to read <laughs> off the questions. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So these are all questions I plucked from the parent Facebook group. Um, some of which, most of which have been answered on there. But for folks listening who may not have been there yet, um, I thought it would be fun to kind of run through a few of them. All right. So what is the procedure for student drop-off? So what is what do parents do when they pull up to Colgate for the first time with their student? So they'll be directed to Whitnall Field where they will unload their cars into trucks. And then 
they will be the students are going to be directed to a new another area um, by residential commons. You know, our residential housing system is uh, organized as part of the student experience. So they're going to be right up front meeting people from their common staff, uh, the student staff, and they're going to get led up the hill to to their actual dorm room where they will get help unloading their materials into their rooms. Okay. So there'll be students to assist with the move? Yes. All right. What are the drinking water options in the residence halls? Are there filling stations? Is like What, what is the best way for students to find drinking water? So our residence halls all vary. Um, some of the newer ones may have filling stations. There are bottle water bottle filling stations across campus. We do encourage sustainability. So um, we do encourage students to stop off at a, at a filling station if they want to do that. Um, the water is um, in Hamilton, has a flavor to it. And as people probably know who've moved across country or even across state, sometimes the water tastes a little different mm-hmm. um, than where they come from. And it takes a little time to adjust. So we do hear that sometimes the students will complain about the water and they think it's quote unquote bad. It's entirely potable. The water's tested regularly. It's safe. They can drink it out of the tap. Some bring Brita filters for their rooms if they want to keep it in their refrigerator in their room. Um, You know, a variety of options. And those filling stations, I think, are filtered as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Are bathrooms co-ed? There are a variety of bathroom options. Depending on the dorm, the students fill out a preference form. Uh, there are usually designated men's rooms and women's rooms and then general neutral bathrooms on floors or across different hallways or wings. All right. Um, are railings provided if students have to bunk their beds? So, again, our housing stock is varied, so it really depends on the residence hall and the room. Um, we really encourage uh, students to wait to decide what they want to do about their beds till they get there, and they try and the arrangement of their rooms in general. Um, there's a work order process. If the beds aren't already lofted and they would like them to be lofted or bunked, they can fill out a work order with the facilities department, and that will be done um, after the first week of school. So there's a little bit of adjustment that time, an adjustment period sometimes. Is the bookstore open on move-in day? Yes, it is. Uh, when is Family Weekend? Family Weekend is October 21st to 23rd, I believe. All right. And uh, this is another uh, question directly from the page here. What's the best night to go out for dinner during Family Weekend, Friday or Saturday? Family Weekend is still under uh, planning stages. So um, Saturday night would probably be a great night to plan to go out to a nice dinner. Some families don't actually get to campus until Saturday anyway. Um but that's about all I know at this point is still under planning. All right. And um, what if somebody wants to have furniture delivered to campus? Say they have a suite they're trying to uh, furnish. Um, can it be delivered to their building? Like how does that work? Furniture is supplied for the students. Therefore, if a student decides to order a different piece of furniture for their room, they need to understand that whatever's in the room needs to stay in the room because there isn't a place to store whatever it is they don't want to use. So that's a – a tip right. that I can share. Cool. And lastly, this is a question kind of born from the content that is on the Facebook page, but a lot of folks ask for photos of rooms. Um, they're desperate to see where their students are living and maybe to help with planning purposes. Why don't we have pictures of all the rooms? We have, again, such varied housing stock. Mm-hmm. It would be a tough thing. We have not had an opportunity at this point to have 
photos of every single room. We encourage students to, um, you know, think ahead, but also know that when they get here, that there's going to be time to get to know their roommate, get to know the space, think together about how they want to arrange the room. There are uh, local shops where if a supply is something they think they need a certain kind of storage unit, something like that, they'll be able to purchase it or, of course, order it online and have it shipped in. Um, So I think that answers that question. Yeah. Do you have any kind of last-minute advice for anxious parents that might be in the car on a plane right now uh, headed to Hamilton? It's going to work out. Your Colgate has an amazing set of people here to support the students. I'm here to support parents and family members. I think I said it earlier, no question's a dumb question or an inappropriate question. Um, I do my best to meet parents where they are, um, understand, try and learn more and understand what their questions are about, um, and know that Colgate's a great place where, you know, I, I've, I've gotten to meet so many alumni doing so many amazing things over the years in the work I did before. Um, and, and I see it in the parent Facebook group too. The, the, older, the families of older students will say, it'll work out. It seems like a scary thing right now, but they've got this. They really do. And we've got their back and we've got your back. And that was 13. Thank you, Rebecca, for joining the podcast today. Uh, tell your friends and family about the show. If you have any questions or suggestions for the podcast, feel free to reach out uh, at 13 at colgate.edu. That's 13, the number. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep asking questions. 13 is a production of the Colgate University Office of Communications and Events. Episodes are recorded on campus in Lathrop Hall. Executive producer, Colgate Vice President for Communications and Events, L. Hazel Jack. Producer and host, Dan DeVries. And audio production by Brian Ness. Learn about all the happenings at Colgate at colgate.edu, colgatemagazine.com, and colgateresearchmagazine.com. <laughs>